Okay, get this thing hooked up. All right, can you, can you hear me okay? Uh, as I said a while ago, I kind of put together a little something here that uh, it seems like it's so easy. You miss church a couple times. It's so easy just to stay out. And when people, a lot of people, people don't realize how much God has blessed them until they fall away from his blessings. We take, we take God's blessings for granted many times. We don't realize how God's blessing us until those blessings quit. We want, what's happening? What's going on? Well, it's us. God didn't leave us. We left God. And God is trying to, in many instances, draw us back to Him. You know... God says he chastises his children, those he loves. He'll put punishment upon us because he loves us. Just like many times when our kids were growing up, we had to correct them because we loved them. And we didn't want them to see, keep seeing them doing those things that they were doing. And that's just like, that's just like God. Did you say God with Israel? He loved Israel, but he had to chastise Israel because they, they, they got away from God. They wouldn't listen to God. They disobeyed God. They quit believing. They started worshiping idols and everything else. So God had to draw them back to him. And he did it through discipline. And uh, But what I want to look at here, and I've entitled this, The First Step Away From God. You know, you have to take that first step when you leave God. And we're going to look at what some of those first steps are and what, what happens. Uh, I want to read uh, a Psalms here right fast. And uh, it's Psalms 119.3. And I took this out of the NIV because it's just so much easier to, to understand. It here it says, Do not compromise with evil and walk only in the paths of God. Don't compromise your faith, your well-doing, your beliefs, you walk with God, and you keep your faith. You know, when someone falls into sin and walks away from God, most likely it began with a compromise. It began with a compromise. They were compromising God's Word. And uh, in almost every situation, a compromise of God's Word is how the fall begins. When they start going against what God says, Oh, well, I'm sure God said that, but I don't think he meant it like that. You know, that's the devil. He's telling us. Well, you know, just like when he, when he approached Adam and Eve, he said, whenever Satan come against Eve, he, he didn't just come out and say, you just need to walk away from God because he, he's evil. He don't want you to be like him. No, he said, did God really say? Then she starts making, he starts making her think about and contradict. Well, did God really say that? Did I misunderstand him? See, that's the way Satan works. He comes and just, he's so, he's so conniving that he can make you almost believe anything. Because like, like, like the Bible says, he's the father of all lies, the truth is not in him. 
In other words, the Bible says that Satan cannot open up his mouth without lying. He, he, everything he said is against what God says. And sometimes he will almost quote what God's scripture, but it won't be exact. And just to make you believe, if you don't, you, you need to get into scripture. You need to read scripture. So when these things come against you, you say, wait a minute. That's not what God said. You'll know right away because that Holy Spirit's going to quicken that to you. That, go back and read that again. Now, that's not what God said. I've had people quote something, and I thought to myself, wait a minute. That's not what God said. And, you know, God just quickened it to me. Don't listen to it. And if, if, if they're quoting you Scripture that is not God's Word, don't listen to it. But, uh, but almost every situation will end when a person leaves a church or, or walks away from God, it started with a compromise. It's very rare people will just fall away. Just overnight say, well, I don't think I'm going to go to church anymore. I think I'm through. I think. No, it was gradual. It was gradual. Maybe you know someone or knew someone who was always at church, never missed, and then suddenly... They just wasn't there. They just quit coming. No explanation, no reason. They just quit coming. That's Satan. He's telling them, you know, and then later you find out that they were into some and involved in some things maybe they shouldn't have been involved in. They was in a compromised situation. And finally, they gave in to the compromise and just said, well, I don't need to be in church. I don't need to go to church. And they just quit coming. It's not that they didn't love God. It's just that they had other things to do. You know, and, and probably I've heard this and I've heard this and I know it's true. Miss one Sunday. Well, usually if somebody misses one Sunday, I don't think too much of it because, you know, something comes up. Two Sundays, usually on that second Sunday, I'm going to call you. I'm going to see if you're okay. I'm going to see if you're sick. I'm going to see if something's wrong. And then it's one Sunday, they don't show up. The second Sunday, well, that was even a little easier. Well, you know, we'll go next Sunday. They miss a third. And before you know it, they just don't come back. They've missed enough Sundays that, oh, they don't miss me. Nobody cares about me. Well, you're going to be getting a call from me if you miss more than one Sunday. I'm going to check if you're okay. I'm going to see if you're sick. Because I love you. And I want you in God's house. I want you under God's blessings. And so I'm going to check on you just to make sure you're okay. It's not that I'm angry or mad because I'm not. But I want to know that you're all right. And if you need something or if there's something I can do to help you. And, uh, but, you know, when these people fall away, most likely a compromise had probably been a part of their life for a time. That we, you knew nothing about or anything. And then finally they just caved in. I'm not going to go back to church. And they go back into the world. They go back from where they came. And I, I've had people, you know, they said, I've talked to people. They said, Bill, I, I, I know I've messed up. I know I should be in church, but I'm not. I said, how come you're not? They said, I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't getting anything out of church. I said, if you wasn't getting anything out of church, that's your fault. I said, God's word should be spoken in church. 
You should hear the Word of God and what God is saying. You need to, you need your own, for your own self to do your own Bible study. Pick up God's Bible. Read His Word. See what God's saying. Many times you can open up your Bible, and all of a sudden you'll come across a scripture. Man, that's what I needed. God knows what you need. You may not have been looking for that scripture, but all of a sudden that scripture pops up. And that's, that's just God showing you, hey, I love you. Now this is what's going on in your life. Now you need to get back in church. You know, God will forgive you. He will forgive you. He knows there's an enemy out there. He knows that, that Satan will do everything he can to keep you out of church, to separate you from God. You know, if you just think about it, compromise was a first step away from God. I'm going to just read something here in a minute. Compromise was also the first step away from God for Solomon. Solomon loved, I mean, uh, Solomon was David's son from Bathsheba. Solomon was with the wealthiest king. He was full of wisdom. God blessed him to no end. But, you know, he got away from God. And compromise was his first step away from God. It's a lot of times, that's most of the time, that's the Christian's first step away from God is compromise. You start compromising with Satan. And uh, what's while Solomon was out there and, and God was blessing him, he was gaining his fortune, he also began to collect many wives. And even though Solomon, Solomon was warned about this. Solomon was warned not to do this, but he did it anyway. And he just couldn't stop. One compromise led to another. And that's usually the way it works. One compromise will lead to another compromise. And I'm going to read you 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. And this here kind of tells what happened to Solomon. It says, But King Solomon loved many strange women, or foreign women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh and women of the... Okay, now these people I'm going to read were enemies of Israel. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh and women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, uh, the Edomites, the Zodanians, and the Hittites. All of these were enemies of Israel. They didn't like Israel. And in verse 2 it says, Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, that was these nations. He said, You do not go to them. You do not have nothing to do with them. And then he comes and says, You shall not go into them in marriage, having children, or you shall not go into them, and neither shall they come into you. For surely they will turn your heart to their gods. They'll turn your heart away from me, and they'll turn your heart to their gods. And that's exactly what they did. They turned Solomon's heart away from the true living God and blessed him so strongly to the gods of these foreign nations. And, so, and it said, And Solomon clave to these in love. In verse 3, And he and Solomon had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away from God. That's exactly what God told Solomon not to do. 
and he did it. He compromised what he felt and went against God's word. That was Solomon's downfall. That was Solomon's well, step away from God. You know, many people really believe that Solomon never made it to heaven. He turned away from God. And some say, well, I think he was eternally saved because God had blessed him. The Bible does not tell us whether Solomon ever repented and came back to God or whether he continued to walk away from God. They say Solomon died at about the age of 60 while he was still king. I, you know, I always, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought Solomon got on up in years. But he died at, the, they, at, the, at the, what the Bible says at about the age of 60 years old. God, I've had enough. Solomon, you've been warned. You was told. You're not listening. And God removed him. Now whether God took him into heaven, forgave him. God loved Solomon. He blessed him tremendously. And he said his, his, his love would always be upon Solomon. And that's why some scriptures go by and say, well, he did repent and God forgave him. He's in heaven. But the Bible just doesn't come out and say it. So there's theologians that believe that Solomon is burning in hell, and there's some believe he's in heaven. And so, like I said, the Bible does not say, but it does tell us he walked away from God. These, 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 these strange women and wives took and drew Solomon away. See, that's what the world is trying to do to us. They're trying to draw us away from God and back into this world where we come out of. Probably everybody in here at one time walked in the world. If you didn't, you're lucky. But I feel like, you know, I was, I was in the world. I walked in the world. But, I feel, but, but now I know that my life is so much better and so blessed because I've, I received God and walked away from the world. And I walked to God. And God has been blessing us. He continues to bless us. And He will continue to bless us as long as we walk and we stay with Him. Now, sometimes when we start getting away from God, we, we quit coming to His church. We keep worshiping. We quit praying. We keep giving. We, uh, God's not on our mind anymore. Sometimes God's going to do some things to wake you up. He's going to do things to draw you back to Him. He's going to make you realize it was so much better when I was in the house of God. And maybe some of you have been there. And, may, and God makes you realize, I need to get back with God. Because things were so good when I walked with God. And you know, God's made the way for us to return to Him if we make a mistake, if we get away from Him. He says that we will confess our sins, that Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and, we give, and we're drawn back to God. And God says, I'll never remember that sin again. I'll never bring it up to you. It's gone. It's in the past. When you truly, with your heart, confess a sin, God wipes it out. He said, I'll cast that sin as far as the east is from the west. I'll never remember it. I will never bring it up. Now, sometimes you're going to have somebody just say, hey, you remember when you did so-and-so? How can you think God can forgive that? That's Satan. He's bringing the sin up to you. That's not God bringing it up. God has forgot the sin. He says so in his word. But Satan is reminding you 
still trying to, well, that's right. Oh, I said, oh, God can't forgive me. There's no sense of me going back to church. God won't forgive me. Well, God says he will. So who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God or are you going to believe Satan? Satan's a liar, remember. He's a liar. He's not going to tell you the truth. When you confess your sin and you believe it in your heart, confess with your heart, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. See, God made it so easy for us to come to him. Even when we make a mistake, God knew whenever Adam and Eve fell, he, that wasn't a surprise to God. God knew it was going to happen. He knows we're going to make mistakes. So he's made the way of forgiveness so that we can return to him. And he wants to bless us. He wants us to return to him. And he wants us to walk. Until you ever get away from God, sometimes you don't realize what, how you're blessed right now. You don't realize all your blessings until you don't have them, until God removes them. He's waking you up, making you think, hey, boy, it didn't used to be like this. It, it, it didn't used to be rough like this. When I was in church, I mean, it, it was so different. I could feel the blessings of God, but I don't feel it now. God's saying, come back, and I will bless you. So God's made the way for us to return when we make a mistake. And believe me, we're going to make mistakes. So God has made the way for us to return, knowing we're flesh, we're human, we can fall, we can mess up. But he says also, I can forgive you. Uh, you know, the devil is very wicked, and he is also very smart, very cunning the way he does things. He doesn't just go out and say, hey, why don't you just go out there and just sin against God and walk away? You're not going to do that. It's going to be little by little by little. You know better than just go out there and blatantly sin against your God. But it's just little by little the things that Satan causes you to do, what goes through your mind. And Like I said, Satan begins with just a little bit of a compromise. A little enticement in your life with something that looks so good, you think, well, that couldn't be a bad thing. And the whole time, that's from Satan. He's drawing you away from God. He, he wants you to compromise. Well, Satan, I will do this. And Satan said, well, I'll bless you. Well, you know, Satan can give you a lot of things, but he cannot give you the things that are like God. He cannot give you eternal life. He can't give you healing. He can't meet your needs. He can bless you with material things, but not with heavenly, eternal things like God can. Just remember that. He can bless you, but not like what God can. And he uses these little enticements to try to draw you away from God. That's exactly what happened to Solomon. His downward fall began with a compromise. And he very tragically veered way off course in his walk with God. He got away from God. I want to read a scripture here. Now this is from Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. And this is out of Lamentations. This here is just a word that, that relates or comes back to what we're talking about. In Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. And these words are so true. Listen to them. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. 
It's God's love, His mercy, and His grace that we're not just done away with because His compassions fail not. God has got so much compassion for you and His people, His feelings for you, His love for you. He puts up with a lot from us knowing that we're coming back. He's going to draw. You know, it says that we can't come back to God unless He draws us. God, when you start messing up, you're going to feel a pull on your life to get back to God. And Satan's going to say, oh, no, you need to stay where you're at. You need to stay here. Stay in the world. He's going to do everything he can to convince you to stay where you're at. It says, because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. In verse 23, it says, for they are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. New compassion, new mercies, new grace every single morning. You wake up. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in my life today. Thank you, Lord, for who you're going to put me in contact with, and I can tell them about you. You know, that has always been one of my prayers. Lord, if I'm to meet somebody today, give me the words to tell them something about you. Help me to draw them to you. And you know, it happens many times. that some, And most of the time, that other person initiates the conversation. They'll ask you questions. They're curious. They want to know. I love to talk to people like that. But God's compassions are new every day. You know, it all depends on how we look at life. Are you happy in the world? Or are you happy serving God? God's got so much more to offer than what the world does. Solomon finally came. Listen to this. Solomon finally came to the conclusion that everything in this life is empty without God. Oh, he finally realized it. I'm hoping that out of that scripture right there, I'm hoping that's saying that Solomon called upon God and repented and asked God's forgiveness. And that Solomon is in heaven. Solomon was a great man, a great king. God blessed him tremendously. And all Solomon had to do is in his heart say, Lord, I really messed up. And I'm asking your forgiveness and receive me back into your fold. God will let him come back in a second, just like he will us. If we say, Lord, I've messed up, I've sinned against you, forgive me, and let me come back to you. That's where I want to be. God's arms are opened. He says, come, my child, come. I will receive you. He's, God's not going to turn us away. God will never turn his children away. If you're living your life without God, even if you think you have everything this world has to offer, it can still be very depressing and be empty without God. I don't care what the world gives you. You cannot give, God, you, cannot give you what God can give you. Just God's love, His mercy, His warmth. Just you knowing that you have an almighty God in your life that really cares about you. The world don't care about you. It don't. It don't care about you at all. But God does. 
So when we walk away from God, we're walking away from somebody that really loves you and really cares. Give it thought before you start saying, well, I'll miss Sunday. It won't match. And you miss a second Sunday. You miss a third Sunday. And before you know it, you're gone. You're out in the world. You're doing other things. There's two, there's other, you know, the world's got everything it can. It can offer you so much on Sunday that you don't have to be here. And that's what God's saying. Oh, look what I can do. I, you can have all kinds of fun. You can go to the lake. You can go to the beach. You can go do this. You can go do that. To draw you out of church. Even the world out there offers so much now on Sundays just to draw you out of church. So much to do. Don't let that get into your spirit. No, I need to be in church. I need to be in God's house. I need to be serving God. I need to be worshiping God. I need to be loving God. I need to be thanking God for all these blessings that he has already given me. Don't let Satan rob you. Just like we've said it a number of times, there's a scripture, and everyone of you probably know it, John 10, 10. For Satan came but only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his job, to kill, steal, and destroy. But God says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to give you an abundant, loving life. He wants to be a part of it. Let's don't shut the door on God. God says, I stand at the door and knock. But you know, you're the one who has to open up the door. The handle's on the inside. God is not going to kick the door in. He's not going to force the door open. You have to invite him. And he will come in. He will restore you. And he'll forgive you. If you're, like I said, life without God can be very depressing. Because with God, you wake up each morning knowing that there are, his mercies are new, opportunities to worship him and to walk with him and to serve him, and that he is walking with you. Know daily that God is walking with you and he is with you. He's supplying all your needs according to his riches and glory. He's meeting your needs. And I think every morning we ought to just wake up and say, Lord, I thank you for this day, for what you're going to do in my life. Thank you for your blessings that are coming. Lord, help me to serve you and to honor you as I go through this day. It's so easy to just not come to church. You can go out in the world, like I said, but the world cannot offer you anything. And God can offer you everything. And He will. But I just wanted to just bring that tonight. You probably know a lot of people, and some people that are not in church. Well, I've got things to do on Sunday. I like to go do this, and I like to go do that. How do you... Ask them, well, how do you feel about eternal life? How do you feel about going to heaven? How do you feel about heaven versus hell? So you're going to have to make a choice. Heaven or hell. And you have to make that choice. And you have to make it before you die. You know, could you imagine... If you could change your mind after you died, how many people would be in heaven right now instead of in hell? 
they get that one taste, that one glimpse of hell, and, they, and they're going to be saying, why didn't I listen at church? Why didn't I listen to what they said about hell? Why didn't I believe what they said about hell? I didn't have to be here. But it's too late. So I just pray that each one of you know God in a very special way. Know His love and know how much He cares for you. If you've got friends out there that are not in church or used to be and not there anymore, why don't you do them a favor and invite them back into church. Invite them back in to see your God, to walk with Him like they used to. They're probably missing it, but many times when a person's out for a while, they're too embarrassed to come back. What's people going to think? They're going to say, oh, look at them. They're back. You know, no. As a Christian, if they come walking in that door, you ought to be there, wide open arms, hugging them and thanking them for coming back. I've been praying for you that you'd come back to God. Thank you for being here. Make them feel welcome. Make them feel at home. Don't make them feel ashamed. They made a mistake. They made a mistake, but they're back. Welcome them, love them, and don't ever bring it up. Why did you leave? Why did you? That's none of your business. That's between them and God. Just be glad and thankful and praise God they're back. And that he'll talk to them, he'll touch them, and he'll reach them. That's what they need. Let us pray. Father. We come into your presence just asking you to help us, Lord, to restore your kingdom here on earth. Lord, to bring people into your house. Lord, where they'll hear your word, Lord, where they can receive your blessings, Lord, and walk with you. And Lord, we ask when they come in, Lord, that, that, that they'll hear the words they need to hear. And Lord, that they'll be blessed. And that they'll just wonder, I don't know why I ever left the house of God. It feels so good to be back in his house. So, Lord, we just ask you to help us to get people back into your house so that you can bless them, forgive them, and, Lord, make sure that they have eternal life in heaven. So, Lord, we just thank you for everything you do and what you're going to do, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.